KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Hello, Oklahoma City and surrounding areas. Hello, Tulsa. Hello, basketball fans, franchise listeners, and welcome into tonight's Thunder First Take postgame show here Hello, in the franchise. Everybody's studios. listening tonight. Everyone's listening tonight. I am Madison Morris. I am here alongside Brady Trantham in studio. Matt Burton is here, and he is producing his little heart out, keeping us on air and making us sound somewhat knowledgeable of what just happened in Orlando tonight. He's got a belly full of vegan burrito in him right now. Good for you, was, Matt. I do. Look, look good. Smell good. choices. Thank you. Good oh. uh, spinach wrap with some black beans, but that's not what's important right now. No offense, Matt. Uh, the Thunder <laughs> are going to take that one. I'm sorry, Matt. Thunder take that one on the road tonight. Okay. Uh, they defeat the Orlando Magic in Orlando at 120 to 114 in a game that was a little too close for comfort uh, there at the end. They did lead by 15 at one point. Looked pretty good, shooting pretty well. Had a spectacular first half, which is exactly uh, the problems they've been trying to clean up the past couple of weeks. And they were able to do it tonight. Brady. This game was interesting because they shot lights out in the first half. They looked really good. They had a lot of good versatility on the floor, but then they cut it a little close there in the second half. Why? Well, Terrence Ross went on like two 7-0 runs by himself, and Terrence Ross is a guy that is capable of scoring in bunches, and the Thunder just got lost in transition. They got lost on some closeouts. That's going to happen. But also, um, the Thunder put themselves in a good position to at least give themselves a chance if the run was going to happen. The inevitable run was going to happen. And I say that because, I mean, coming into tonight, I mean, say what you want about Orlando. Say what you want about the Eastern Conference. Uh, Currently, Orlando is the seventh seed. I mean, I don't know if this changes anything. I don't think so because Brooklyn's behind them and Brooklyn is bad at the basketball. Um, Kyrie Irving, go do something else. But Orlando, (laughs) seventh seed in the East, they do have the sixth best uh, defense in the league in terms of net rating. So this was a good defensive team, and this is a Steve Clifford coach team. If you followed Steve Clifford around uh, over his coaching career, always been a defensive-minded coach, a defensive first guy. Um, he's gotten Char- Charlotte into the playoffs. He got Orlando into the playoffs. Very well could get them in the playoffs again this year, and a lot of it is because of that defense. The Thunder shredded Orlando in the first half. They just, I mean, Matt Burton called it death by a thousand alley-oops. It was just the alley-oop <laughs> show, whether it was Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Nerlens Noel was the benefactor of all those alley-oops. They, mm-hmm. they just methodically cut into Orlando's defense, which is their bread and butter, especially yeah. in the half court. And outside of that, they can't really do anything else spectacular. They're not a good three-point shooting team, even though they've got Nikola Vucevic, who's a um, all-star center in his own right and is a 2010 guy. Um, they're not very good in terms of uh, paint scoring. They can't really shoot the mid-range jumper. Outside of Terrence Ross and maybe Evan Fournier, who can get hot randomly, that's all they have scoring-wise is there's no DJ Augustine tonight for Orlando, no Jonathan Isaac, uh, no Al Farouk Aminu. So they have to lean on their defense, and then hopefully Terrence Ross goes on an extended run by himself. Outside of that, the Magic don't have any chance. But again, you got to credit the Thunder for really putting, you know, getting this game down uh, in the first half and setting the tone and not letting Orlando come out hot in the first quarter like we've seen some of these defensive lapses in the first quarter of the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. They got it done in the first half and allowed them some breathing room if and when that inevitable run showed itself. Yeah, no, for sure. Terrence Ross did lead all Orlando players tonight. He had 26 points. He shot 8 of 16. 5 of 11 came from the three-point line. Kind of what Brady was saying. Uh, Orlando seemed a little bit uh, desperate to get that three-shot off tonight. They shot 14 of 35 attempts. And, uh, yeah, I mean, wasn't really the best showing for Orlando shooting tonight. They were... Not, I don't know, they didn't look like they were setting themselves up well. Also, I thought Thunder did a pretty good job um, enforcing some good defense. Obviously, Nerlens Noel, he was back out there tonight. No Steven Adams, so Nerlens Noel did slide into that starting position. Did a pretty good job. Guys like Mike Muscala came in, and we'll get to that later. Yeah, we will. And Matt Burton once rolls his eyes. Once it's a little later in the evening. A little you know later in the <laughs> God, it just got hot in here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so just good showing by the Thunder defense. Lou Dort making another appearance in the Thunder starting lineup. Obviously obviously uh, is posing some pretty good defense under two and oh and Lou Dort starts hey look at that oh, it's almost a pattern guys start your uh, parades honestly 
I mean, look at this team. They have guys like Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Lou Dort. What do they share in common? They're from Canada. And so the Canadians producing good Thunder basketball they players. Have a, they have us surrounded almost they do. with the basketballness. They do. But honestly, I thought this was just a really good showing from the Thunder. Dennis Schroeder obviously showing his um, just athleticism and his ability to be that sixth man of the year type of guy. He finished with 31 tonight. He made some really clutch shots. He was 13 of 18 on the night, three of four from the three-point line, and uh, he had nine assists, so he was really distributing the ball well tonight, Brady. Yeah, and it, it kind of goes to show how good of a year Dennis Schroeder has had, because he's always been known as a streaky streaky player. Like The first 15 games of the season, I think we were all waiting, okay, like when's that eventual dip going to happen? It never really came, and over the last week and a half or two, he's kind of had that dip, but he's still scoring 17, 18, 19 points a game, but we still kind of find ourselves, whether it's on this post-game show we're on the OKC82 podcast that we do, Madison. Hey. We find ourselves going, well, he had a ho-hum day, like nothing yeah. really. But that again, that just goes to show you the type of season he's having. He's very much in the sixth man of the year conversation. And if you watch tonight, if you were just going to watch one random game say, I'm going to pick my sixth man tonight, this was perfect. I mean, like you said, 31 points, 13 of 18 from the field. And there's something about Orlando with Dennis Schroeder, because I, I remember this from last year. Um, it was it was the game where Alex Abrinas just randomly came back. Um, he had missed like 10 or 12 games and he came back for that, for that game in Orlando. Then he missed the rest of the season and eventually left the team. Mm -hmm. But this was a game last year. The Thunder had no business winning and Dennis Schroeder literally won them a game that they were probably just trying to lose at at one point. Like in the third quarter, it's like, we're just, we don't have it tonight. And Dennis (laughs) Schroeder's like, no, I'm going to take us home. No, we have it. So there's something about Orlando with Dennis Schroeder because he was hitting shots left and right, just different shots, getting to the rim, Mm -hmm. flipping the ball up in the air. Uh, like you said, three or four from the three-point line. So if Dennis Schroeder's cooking from the perimeter, good, good, good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all that 31-point output along with this, all the starters, except for Lou Dort being in double digits. But even the, even still, Lou Dort, six points. What more can you ask for from a two-way guy that's playing with the blue, you know, a few yeah. days ago? Just a, a great balanced showing by the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. Yeah, no, for sure. Matt Burton, I was kind of talking to you uh, not too long ago about Dennis, and we were talking a little bit about he, he may have had just like a slight dip in the season. I feel like he's back now. What have you seen from Dennis lately? Oh, I definitely think he's back. This 31 points, 13 of 18 from the field, uh, this kind of proves it. No, the, their four-game stretch where they lost three out of four and gave up, I mean, 40 each first quarter Yuck. of those three losses. So gross. Um. Dennis did not play his best, but I mean, he's he looks back tonight. Ever since that, uh, ever since that little three game, those three games where they just gave up way too much, they got oh, behind yeah. way too early. Um, Dennis, he's looking, he's looking good though. He's looking mm-hmm. good. I, I am a huge fan of Dennis Schroeder, and I mean, I think I think he's got to be six man of the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with what sure. LA's doing, um, I mean, because I think people are just going to lazily go like when that time comes. Oh yeah, Lou Williams, and he's certainly deserving of it. Right. But, um, I guess that you can make the same arguments for Lou Williams or Dennis Schroeder. They're they're starters playing off the bench. Dennis Schroeder plays starter minutes. He plays a starting role, and especially with the three guard lineup being like the focal point of the offense when it matters, Dennis Schroeder is very much a part of that. But um, no, I, I think in terms of just helping their team win games. Um, Lou Williams, as talented as he is, he's lower on the totem pole for the Clippers because they have so much higher end talent. Dennis Schroeder is the third or fourth most important player on this Thunder team. And mm-hmm. a lot of nights, especially over these last two months, has been the most important player on the team. So, I mean, if it, if the votes went in right now, you got to give serious um, consideration to Dennis Schroeder, no question. Yeah, no, we've been talking a lot about Dennis Schroeder singing some praises for some guys. I think it's a good time to go ahead and talk about our Thunder player of the game because I think we all might have some different ones, and I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. Now, the Franchise Thunder player of the game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Ed. I'm going to go first. No, 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 no. <laughs> I am in the driver's seat tonight. And Matt Burton, I- go. Oh, I'm going no. second. Everybody be quiet. It is my turn and so I am going to go first and I'm going to say Mike Muscala is my Thunder player of the game and I'm actually not kidding because I thought Muskie he shot lights out tonight he was five of six on the night four of four from the three-point line why are you screaming at me because I'm so amped right now and I got to tweet in all caps and anyone who follows me on Twitter by the way at Madison Morris spell my name right and uh, you're going to notice that every single tweet that I put out about Mike Muscala is in all caps because it is is rightfully deserving of that and he is my thunder player of the game just because he hit some pretty clutch threes what was that it at the end of um 
kind of towards the end of the third quarter going into the fourth that's kind of when yeah you hit the buzzer beater yeah that's when uh, Orlando started making that comeback into the game they decided they actually wanted to play basketball and win a basketball game and so uh Muskie said absolutely not and he had that real vital three and I just loved it he's lit it up and uh, I, th- I think he's doing a good job because right now and this is not their fault. This kind of happens in the NBA. But Stephen Adams and Nerlens Noel are kind of teeter-tottering when they're going to be able to be in games just because they're dealing with some injuries right now. And Mike Muscala, I think he's been very reliable stepping into that spot. I think he uh, he looks good out there. He's getting a lot more minutes. He does he's getting good. A, yeah, he does. looks very good. He looks good. He looks confident. He's playing really well. I think he's vibing with the guys on the court. He's really developing a better sense of that on-court chemistry, I would say. And so, you know, he's taking those threes. He's being encouraged by the guys. He looks good tonight and he's my thunder player of the game Brady uh, I mean we already talked about Dennis Schroeder for about 12 minutes but I mean <laughs> it's got to go to, Den- to Dennis Schroeder especially when you consider the Thunder not only do they enter this game without Steven Adams I mean Nerlens Noel um, gets the start tonight um, not only do they not have Steven Adams they don't have Terrence Ferguson who remains out for personal reasons I'm interested to see how that uh, plays out Friday um, I-, I think when you're talking about personal personal reasons being the the reason why you're not in the game Uh, as a media member that's when we like okay we'll let this play out because that's not our business um Mm -hmm. but if you the more games you miss the i'm not trying to say this becomes an alex abrina situation but the more games you miss the more the more obvious it is to ask that question but without terrence ferguson you got to look for guard play and lou dort contributed um hamadou diallo on the defensive end of course did as well but dennis Schroeder, his 31 points every single run that uh, Orlando threw at Oklahoma City was answered by some trash shot that Dennis Schroeder was able to make, and oh my gosh, yeah. it was just—it was just on. He was on tonight, and so you got to give him the nod. No, for sure, Matt Burton. What do you think? Um, you you kind of have to give it to Dennis Schroeder, honestly. Sure. I mean, thirty-one points, nine assists. Like Brady said, anytime they gained any momentum, Dennis Schroeder uh, would throw something up and it would go in. But no, Dennis Dennis is one of the most important players on this team. If if Dennis ever misses a game. What's that? What's that bench unit? That second unit going to look like? Mm-hmm. It's not going to look good at all. He will carry. He carries that second unit, and um, and sometimes, whenever he's feeling it, he's the go-to guy. Whenever all the guys are out there uh, coming down the stretch, um, so yeah, I would give it to Dennis too. But also shout out to uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander who had a good, uh, who good had a good showing. stats, good stats game, eighteen and twelve rebounds. Uh, More rebounds, man. Yeah, the rebounds are climbing at a high clip. So. Um, yeah, I would give a special shout out to Shay. He would be my uh, runner up, but it's got to be Dennis. Oh, I like that. Honestly, if I had to pick a runner up, I want to give a nod to Nerland so well because we, yeah. we talked about him a little bit, but I thought tonight, man, guys, he looked good. He was just, he was playing the kind of game where you expect your big guy to play that kind of game, but at the same time, it still takes you by surprise because he was making play after play. We talked about all the lobs that he was able to get. It was almost just a recurring theme throughout this entire game, and Nerland's he looked good. He was 7 of 10 from the floor. He did attempt a three-pointer. He missed it, but he finished with 14 points. He had seven rebounds. They were all defensive. We are going to talk about those offensive rebounds because the Thunder had a zero tonight. But uh, yeah, Nerlens well, good showing for him. I like it every single time he steps into the starting position or he has a little bit more playing time when Steven Adams is out if he's dealing with injury. I just like the way that Nerlens Noel is able to contribute to the team. So, uh, big time game for Nerlens. He looked really good. He played really well. Uh, so yeah, I just I really like the way Nerlens is playing right now. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a good matchup, Nerlens Noel versus Vukovic, because I mean, Vukovic like he he's your prototypical kind of pseudo floor stretching big. He he's not the most consistent. He can shoot a, a nice clip because he's by far their best player, so he's going to get a lot of opportunities. He's got a nice stroke. But a floor-stretching center, Steven Adams is by far your best defensive center. But in terms of going out to the perimeter, you know, Steven Adams' closeout ability is inconsistent at times. Mm-hmm. Nerlens Noel has a little bit more athleticism, a little bit more speed, and has a longer stride to him so that when you do have to go close out on a Vucevic, you would like Nerlens Noel like ideally on paper in that matchup. So this was a good matchup for him, and ideally... Vuk's going to put up his 20 and 10. He did. He, I think, had 24 and 13 rebounds tonight. Um, Nerlens Noel with his stat line at least nullified that to an extent. But 
the Thunder guards just understood Vucevic for as good and talented as he is offensively, mm-hmm. dude does not want anything to do with defending the paint. And especially when he's <laughs> off the floor, the Magic had no no prayer in the world in terms of paint defense. So they would just get it get into the paint as close as possible and flick it up there. And Nerlens Noel was able to come down because he's athletic enough. Yeah. And that was just, especially the first half, because they kind of got away from it in the second half until very late. That was the story of the first half. Again, I'll, I'll quote Matt Burton again. Death by a thousand alley-oops. That's what happened. Death by a thousand alley-oops. Honestly, that's going to be the theme of this game. It was just an all-around good game, except except for, you know, I I don't want to, like, criticize the Thunder too much for letting it get a little bit closer in the third quarter, because that's just what the game is all about. I mean, Orlando's not a completely abysmal team. They have some good talent. They have guys like uh, Vucevic. They have guys like Aaron Gordon. And obviously, um, you know, they can play some good good basketball when they have guys like Terrence Ross playing the way that he was able to tonight. So I thought the Thunder did a good job holding their own. And uh, Matt Burden, I want to go back to you real quick. So especially with the way that Nerland Noel is playing, I mean, I, I would never, ever say that he would overstep Steven Adams when both are healthy, but kind of like break down both of their games. And why do you think Nerland's has been so uh, successful right now? Well, Nerland's is very athletic and Lanky, so he's athletic, lanky, so and he's a great rim protector. So that is uh, that's kind of something that Stephen Adams we don't really see a whole lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not saying Steve isn't athletic because Steve is a great athlete, but he's not that rim protecting. He's going to go up and block a guy that's going to try to dunk on him. That's really not Stephen Adams' game. Stephen Adams, and it showed tonight, zero offensive rebounds. Um, Stephen Adams is a beast on the offensive glass. Like that. That's that's one of the things that. Uh, is so underrated about Steven Adams' game, and people may overlook uh, Steve sometimes because you know, he doesn't put up the 20 and mm-hmm. 20 rebounds, like all that stuff. Um, but no, uh, Adams, he's going to give more on the offense, like offensive glass. Like offensive glass, New Orleans Noel's good on the offensive glass, mm-hmm. but Steven Adams is an elite offensive rebounder. That's what you're going to get with him, and he's going to be a smart defender as opposed to relying on his athleticism. Yeah like Nerlens does and his shot blocking ability. So uh, that would be kind of the difference in that. Um, as far as offensively, the oops, I mean, Steve will catch some oops, but Nerlens, I mean, he's just a different level um, athlete than mm-hmm. Steve is as far as just going up and getting it. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think those those are kind of just a few things yeah. that I've noticed. And then tonight, um, whenever the first quarter, whenever Vucevic uh, got matched up against your guy Mike Muscala. Hey, uh, it was it was not going well. They were just setting a simple cross screen uh, in the post for Vucevic, and he was coming wide open and just shot two le- two or three layups in a row off yeah. the same play, just a cross screen uh, across the paint to get Vucevic open. And I think the Thunder did a good job, um, did a good job, kind of uh, making making some changes on defense right there. Yeah, to uh, to combat that. You know, Muskie not my favorite defender. I'm gonna call him out. Me neither. Not my favorite defender. But you know what? Like Matt Burton said, we're all going to have our oops. We're all going to have them. So on that note, we are actually going to go to our first break because we have a lot more to talk about with this Thunder win tonight. Obviously, they take it at 120 to 114 down in Orlando. Big time win for the Thunder. They've now won four straight of uh, four straight road games now. So yeah, and eight of, eight of nine on the road. Eight of nine on the road. So like, let's they go. They suck at home, man. man. They hate playing in front of their home fans well friday's gonna be interesting JK. then boys trey young's coming to town trey young is coming to town so we'll definitely get into that after this break we have two more segments so stay with us here on the franchise we break down this thunder win and we will be back after this on 1077 the franchise 1079 in tulsa oh yes welcome back into the franchise first take thunder post game show and uh and and, and the what oh and the okc82 podcast uh anytime you have the pleasure of hearing myself and brady on the radio it is also going to double as the okc82 podcast and we have matt burton producing us being a rock star per usual and so yeah if you are not subscribed to our podcast why the hell not yeah, That's I mean, a real, like that's if you're a if you're a Thunder fan and you're not subscribed to OKCA two, then I don't really have I don't know what else I, I to don't, tell you. Like I don't it's, understand. It's free. It's consistent. We have all the content in addition to um, having our post game thoughts mm-hmm. and reactions, whether it's in the arena or in the studio here for road games. Um, we've also had Deontay Burton on, and we are working to have a 
I don't want to put it out there just yet, but a, a current Thunder player on mm. fairly soon ever the Thunder have a few a few game homestand in the future. So. Chris Paul. Yeah, we're going to get Chris Paul yeah, on Yeah, Matt, that's going to happen. Sorry, you must be this tall to enter the OKC82 podcast. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. That's he's, awful. He's barely taller than I am. Oh, my goodness. Hey, we've had the mayor on. We've had some good people on. Uh, and uh, Shout out to David Holt, his Imperial Highness. Yes, we yeah, I still can't believe David I wasn't Holt. invited to the Deontay Burton interview. Well, that's still sad. Time. You guys next did time. give me a nice shout out, though, so I appreciate. Yeah, that. we gave you a shout I out, but that would have been a conflict of interest. We must maintain professionalism. That's true. Right? That is very true. Very true. Yes, I, I thought always... you. I thought you did a great job during the Mascala segment. Thank you. You did. You kept your composure. I did. I only for cried the most a part. Bit. Yeah, just. A I just wiped away tears. You couldn't hear them. It's like when the Beatles or came. See them. It's like when the Beatles came to America. Oh <laughs> my God. Yeah. No, 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 no. I swear that's not uh, the anyway. Hey, um, Muskie, you're so fine. No, pretty <laughs> Well, his, yes. his basketball play. Anyway, you are listening to the OKC82 podcast as well as the Thunder First Take postgame show here on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. And we are breaking down this Thunder win where they take it at 120 to 114 over the Orlando Magic. Good showing from this Thunder team. However, Still some things that need to be tweaked. Something that I alluded to a little bit in the first segment was uh, the fact that the offensive rebounding tonight for the Thunder was completely uh, asleep. Underrated. They had absolutely no offensive rebounds compared to the Magic's 11. And honestly, guys, I think that's what made this such a close game in the the second half. Yes? Yeah, I mean... You, you take away second chance opportunities like on paper that that's a bad thing right and especially with it is um, a bad thing. and especially with you know the thunder's history in the last few years with Stephen Adams being one of the best offensive rebounders in the league consistently now of course no Stephen Adams tonight so that's going to affect it but you know we've talked to Billy Donovan about this I think twice this year and like I believe Eric Horn from the Athletic asked Billy like is this by design because the offensive rebounding has just fallen off a cliff and Billy's kind of been like yeah it is kind of by design because we no longer have such a athletically quick athletically fast transition offense anymore uh, transition defense even at the same time so you've got to basically I mean like you've got you get this team doesn't have a large margin for error so everything has to be cleaned up and controlled as much as possible and when you're Fighting for offensive positioning for offensive rebounds, you're taking away from getting back on defense, and you could potentially give up a handful of points that you could have otherwise stopped in the, in the defensive half court set because this right. this team defensively in half court is pretty damn good. Yeah. Um. So it's basically just that we need to control as much as possible, and if they have to sacrifice offensive rebounding, so be it. But yeah, I mean, having no offensive rebounds, it's one of those things that it's like when you get a t- when you take a test in high school and you ask your friends, hey. How hard's the test? Dude, you've got to actually try and fail to <laughs> fail at this thing. You gotta actually try and not get offensive rebounds. So it is a little weird that they yeah. didn't finish with any. Yeah, a little bit weird. Um honestly, I don't think it made too much of a difference. Yeah, it made it kind of a close game, but I think it also forced the Thunder to work a little bit harder. This is the first game uh that they have on this I don't know, I wanna say now after this one, they have about seven more games that people are having a little bit of some high expectations. They have, you know, I, I don't wanna call them like any kind of like easy matchups, but they definitely have a little bit lighter of a load. They have uh, Dallas that is coming next Tuesday, or this coming Tuesday, and so that's going to be kind of interesting. But as of that, I think that Thunder have a pretty good chance to make some good showings. And so, yeah, if they can clean up a little bit of that, I think that they could do that. Matt Burton, what do you think? I'm so sorry. I was not paying attention. I was watching the Zion thing. <laughs> oh, I was no, watching so Zion. Funny. Zion's on TV again. Like, he made a great pass to Brandon Ingram cutting. It was a, such a great pass. Just such on, a, yes. So I'm trying to get wait. it. I'm trying to get it on this TV, and I can't. And it's on the TV behind me, and so I'm just like, I can't mm. watch. I'm, can't. A, I'm a Duke basketball fan. I know. Yes. Yes. Okay. What? Yeah, that's fine. I can't wait. Scold for, me. That's fine. But no. So I've been heels. looking forward to this night. Uh, for a long time. Really cannot wait for the 1,500 word think pieces after one game tonight where oh, yeah. he, where he might play 22 minutes. I, mean, sh- Honestly, I can't, I can't wait. There's I already been some tweets about how big Zion is. Like People saying he's way too big. Well, he has so can't stretch the floor, man. man. Can't wait for that. Yeah, He's probably I'm made sorry. many so, yes. appearances to Café Du Monde. Probably. Mm. Mm. So yes, I am ready. A lot of beignets in the... Scott Pettit on Twitter actually asked us a question, everybody. I love questions. Um, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Scott Pettit, it's at C Pettit one Pettit. That's going to be a hard one, handle to follow. Yes. But hey, if you can try, I'll go ahead and like it. So if you follow me on Twitter at Brady Does Sports, you have seen it. Uh, but he asks, 
Did Deontay Burton or Abdul Nader play? Were they even in the arena? Abdul Nader did not play. He's still in a walking boot, for all I know. Um, he was in a walking boot. Um, the last game Oklahoma City played in Oklahoma Those City. Suck, by the way. He was st- he was listed as out like this morning, whereas Stephen Adams was listed as questionable. So that should just give you an idea where he is in terms of his recovery to get back to the floor. Um, Deontay Burton was did he? Did he I don't think he played. Did he play? No. No, he didn't, no. Scott. So thanks for bringing that up. He was tired of playing. He was tired from playing center and defending Clint Capella and PJ Tucker the other night. Right. Right. They gave him a night off. They gave had him a, night a big off. showing on Monday. Got to sit out a little bit. Don't read too Wednesday. much into it. They were just giving him a night off. Okay. Hey, I bet he's going to make a great showing on Friday when the Hawks come to town. Shout yes, out Ryan will. Chapman, and uh, that'll be that'll be interesting. So good for Deontay. Hey, speaking of a Burton, is for horses. Uh, yeah, sure. Speaking of a Burton, Matt Burton, this is your time to shine. Shout out Mr. and Mrs. Burton because here comes your favorite segment of all time. There are other games going on in the NBA right now. There are some other games that have already happened and concluded. So let's go to Matt Burton, our trusty producer, to tell us what's up. Let's go around the association for an NBA scoreboard update. Brought to you by Oklahoma Operation Lifesaver. New Orleans is up 6-5. to five. Zion Williamson has touched the ball three times and passed it once. Thank you for doing my job, Brady. <laughs> he also has 4.4 million Instagram followers. Continue. Good for good for Zion. Love that guy. Yeah, me is too. Is he the first like Duke? Is he the first Duke player that people universally universally like? have liked? Yeah, like yeah. I asked that yeah. question back in summer because I couldn't think of one. No, there. Grant is Hill. I love Grayson Allen. Grant, did, did, <laughs> did people hate just Grant kidding. Hill? He was on. He was on. What's his? He was Jalen on, Rose did. Yeah, he was on Christian Leitner's team, so you, you might just hate by association. Right, but of course. I think Grant Hill, the individual player, I don't think a lot of people actually hated him. True, yeah. true. Um, so we'll start off with some of the games that have gone final, uh, like the one before this game. Um, Toronto got a home win against the Philadelphia 76ers, two Aww. of the best teams in the East, uh, squaring off. Tobias Harris led the way for the 76ers with 22 points. And Fred Van Vliet. Look out. Fred Van Vliet with 22 for the Raptors. Hit the game winner the other night against uh, Trey Young and the Hawks. There you go. Honestly, I had some faith in the Sixers in this one. They were doing real well to start the game off. And, uh, yep, nope. So disappointing. Just an exhilarating matchup between two fantastic teams. The Detroit Pistons hosted the Sacramento Kings. (laughs) <laughs> Today, um, and the Pistons got a home win, 127-106. to 106. De'Aaron Fox led the way with 22 for the Kings. And for the Pistons, it was Christian Wood with 23 points. Shame on me for thinking the Kings were gonna, going to build off last year's momentum. I should have known better. It's the Kings. No way. Yeah, um, you know, honestly, I kind of felt that too. And now I'm like, mm, probably not. Uh, the one in Madison Square Garden where the Knicks are hosting the Los Angeles Lakers looks to be in hand for the Lakers. It is 98 to 98 with 40 seconds left in that one. So it looks like the Lakers Ooh, low scoring game. will take that one. Uh, three minutes left in, in Atlanta where the Hawks are taking on the Clippers. Atlanta is up 96 to 91. Sorry, what? With three minutes left up on the Clippers. Is Trey Young playing? He is not playing. Oh, not I was going to say, I don't yeah. think he's even playing. Hey, no look at that. The Hawks things. are better without Trey Young. Summer's Confirmed, right here. Uh, this one's heading into overtime. The Heat are hosting the Washington Wizards, heading into overtime at 118 apiece. Fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Brady, Any, nothing? Nothing? No Heat comment? Are, the Heat are due. They're due for an L, but I don't know. They might Let me know in about five minutes what's going on over there. Fair enough. Uh, the Boston Celtics get a win at home against the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. Uh, Jason Tatum had 23 for the Celtics, and Jonas Valanciunas led the way with 16 and 13 rebounds. Jonas. For the Grizzlies, um, let's see. The Timberwolves are taking on the Bulls in Chicago, end of quarter number three. It is 81 79. Bulls are on top on that one. Um, just started the fourth quarter in the Rockets and Nuggets game. Rockets are up 92-76. Looking to get back uh, to some winning ways against a good Nuggets team. Good for the Rockets. There's a lot of games going on tonight. Well, there was, one yeah, there's, game, there's, there's, there's like the, one game yesterday. Yeah, the, yeah. Three and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Pacers on top of, are on top of the Suns, 43-38. And then uh, the Jazz and Warriors start at 9 o'clock tonight. Mm. And that was around the association. Mm. The Thunder... Thunder, well done, sir. Thunder winning streak continues. 
One streak did come to an end. Uh-oh. Unfortunately for Danilo Gallinari fans. Um, this is from the Thunder's stat account. Um, Gallinari's streak of 13 straight games with three made three-pointers came to an end tonight. Uh, he became just the third player in the last decade to amass such a streak. The other two names, can anybody guess? Mm, three-point shooters. Let's think three-point shooters. In the last decade. Yes. Doug McDermott. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Close. Really? Not at all. Oh. Couldn't be further away. Uh, <laughs> um, God, I don't know. I don't know. Houston. Oh, James Harden. Yes. And, who's and another Houston? Who's the best three-point shooter statistically in the history of the NBA? Doug McDermott. No. Stephen <laughs> Curry. <laughs> oh, Steph, Steph Curry. Curry. Duh, 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 duh. That makes Have total you sense. Another stat that was interesting about... Uh, the Rockets, I heard. Tell us. Um, it was after James Harden's one for 17 from three Ew. against the uh, Thunder. Um, the most missed three-point field goals in a game in NBA history is 16. It's happened six times. Five of those are James Harden. Dang. That's something to be proud of right there. I mean, I'm he averages kidding. like 37 a game. That's so not good to good be proud for him. of. It's fine. Hey, good, good for him. Honestly, uh, good stats, guys. But uh, we're going to save that for the what is it the final segment of the show because we're gonna talk some stats of this game the stat feline yes the stat feline so uh yeah kind of looking ahead a little bit this game i thought was a good kind of like a good segue into what the thunder are gonna have to do coming up because they do have some interesting matchups they're gonna return home on friday before they hit the road again and uh i'm kind of interested to see how that's going to go for them because, you know, they they had a good showing in this first half, but I'm, I have yet to see this Thunder team put together a complete game in a while. And so I kind of think that's something that they're really going to have to target because anytime that they have kind of a poor first half, it's usually a good dominant third quarter or at least a good uh, dominant fourth quarter. And it has never been just a really good all-around game showing from the Thunder team. So Brady kind of going back to... Um, I don't know, a lot of things that Chris Paul has said about putting together complete games, how they're struggling here, and then they can pick it up here, but then it kind of swaps tables a little bit. What do you think these guys need to do to actually start doing that? I mean, really, it just comes down to whatever, whenever they come out of the locker room, whether it be at the beginning of the game into the first quarter or um, after halftime into the third quarter, just don't get blown out or don't have such a lapse. Now, you can have a defensive lapse. That's fine. But you just have to score and keep up with them. So, right. And w- when they went through that four game stretch, uh, LA, Minnesota, Toronto, and Miami, where they were giving up uh, 30 plus in the quarter, um, 41 by the Lakers, 38 by Miami and Toronto. Minnesota scored 33, which is not terrible, but it's also not good. But the good thing about that example is the Thunder had 30 points of their own. The problem is with this team is when they do have defensive lapses here and there in a quarter, they're not the most consistent offensive team in terms of them being able to match when a team get when their opponent gets hot. They're not explosive basically is what I'm saying. They're a consistent offense in terms of their half court, but when, you know, Miami comes to town and Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn and Jimmy Butler are just raining threes on you, they don't they're not the Thunder are not explosive enough to come back from that. Now, this team is very good at course correcting game to game. They don't go on prolonged losing streaks. Um, they they can course correct in the game because in those four games, in those four examples with those bad first quarters, they actually outscored their opponent the rest of the way the, the next three quarters. So really it just comes down to whenever you're coming out of the locker room, if you're going to get kind of have a defensive lapse, keep up in the scoring. If not, then they'll be fine yeah. because this team, like the clutch scoring, uh, the consistency, uh, the defense, it's all there. You can depend upon it. And actually, you know, we could talk about how well the win this, like how well the Thunder played, but this kind of almost remind me of that Sacramento road loss, the way it was going uh, with Terrence Ross, and maybe it was because of Mike Muscala's uh, buzzer beating three at the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth. Nice that stopped this because if you guys remember that that loss on the road to Sacramento, that was a, that was a game that the Thunder controlled yeah. the entire game, and then they lost it late, which is probably about the only example that I can think of. Um, over the last few months of this team choking in clutch yeah. time. They've been blown out two or three times. They've lost games that they fought and clawed to get back into the fourth quarter, and they just couldn't get over the hump. But that was one game that they controlled throughout, and then they lost in the very mm-hmm. end. This was 
pointing in that direction, but that consistency from Dennis Schroeder, the leadership, the mainstayness from Chris Paul on to Shea Gilles Alexander was just more than enough to go into the fourth quarter, and that's what they yeah. depended on all year. Yeah, no, for sure. And I thought they did a pretty good job um, because they did. They actually had it tied. They're kind of at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and it looks as if, oh, man, like Orlando's, they're going to get hot right now. They're going to go on this just scoring streak. The Thunder are not going to have an answer for it. And, I mean, we've all witnessed this team kind of do that, regardless of, you know, what season it is, who's on this roster. It's kind of just a Thunder thing. You know, they can't put the clamps down on uh, a team if they get really hot, especially there late in the game. And so that's going to be something that they're going to have to really key in on, especially uh, with like them going back to Minnesota. I actually have that as one of my losses because I kind of came up with a uh, like a thunder prediction of how they're going to do on this next like eight. They'll probably have Carl Anthony Towns this time. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like if they're not going to have a complete game showing when they go to Minnesota on Saturday, that could easily be chalked up to a loss. So we'll we shall see. I mean, looking at their schedule, just real quick, moving forward, um, I saw this on Twitter and I can't remember who actually put it out, but um, they put out the next 10 or so games for the Thunder and they put the seeding of those teams right next to them. The Orlando Magic were the highest seeded team over the next 10 games. The Thunder are playing a bunch of teams like either in the Western Conference that are significantly ranked worse than them in the Western Conference standings. Oh, yeah. Or they're like eight or 10 or 11 in the East, which could probably equate to... 9, 10, 11 in the Western Conference. So the Thunder schedule moving forward, very soft. I believe they have the sixth hardest or the sixth easiest schedule moving forward. Yeah. Um, so it's a good spot for them to be in with all these subtle improvements they've made going into the All-Star break. Yeah, no. So we shall see because it's going to be an interesting week and we are going to break down those games a little bit more. We're going to take our last and final break. And uh, when we come back for our third segment, stick with us here. We're going to talk about the Thunder moving forward. We'll touch a little bit more on this game, but go ahead and wrap it up because it was a good win for Oklahoma City. A good showing out there in Orlando before they return home on Friday. And so, uh, yeah, stick with us here on the franchise. We'll talk more Thunder basketball after we get back here on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Looking ahead in Thunderland, we have some good ones, fellas. We have some good ones. But before we get to that, in case you're just now tuning in, I am Madison Morris. That is Brady Trantham. That is Matt Burton. And we are on the franchise First Take Thunder postgame show. And we're talking this Thunder win down in Orlando in the magical world of Orlando. What is it? The happiest place on earth or something? Yeah, I guess so. What is that? Yeah, the Disney, the, ma- the, the magical Disney worlds, kingdom, the worlds of Disney's. Uh, they defeat the Magic and brought some magic. Epcot's the best, by the way. It is the best. Yes. We've had some good times there. Uh, the one time I've been, but the Thunder take the win at one twenty to one fourteen. Whoop whoop! And uh, they will be back on Friday to host Trey Young and the Hawks. Trey Young not playing tonight, but do we see him playing here in Oklahoma City? Trey Young didn't play tonight. He did not. He did not. And the Hawks beat the Clippers. They are. Currently, one twelve to ninety five. Ryan Chapman, shout out. He just uh, tweeted us and put the final score. Oh, there we go. Oh, then yes, it is final. Oh my! Are they better without Trey? The Ewing theory is in. Oh, Trey Young, you can't win with it. People are asking. Oh my goodness! Uh, Yeah, we're simply asking the question. We're not endorsing it. Right. So, uh, what kind of threat do you guys think that this may pose on the Thunder on Friday, if any at all? Um, the only way the Thunder can lose this game is if Trey Young plays and Trey Young just has a game for the ages. Or the Thunder just completely and utterly disrespect their opponent and don't care. Now, this has actually kind of happened, in my opinion, one time. And that was the first 10 minutes of the first quarter against the Lakers when they were outscored 41-19. to We've talked about that ad nauseum. That was the only time this season where I really questioned the hustle and the effort of this team. Because the Lakers don't have LeBron James, Anthony Davis... Danny Green, I can understand like the human element creeping in of, oh, we got this in the bag. Don't worry about it. They mm-hmm. were, of course, able to course correct and outscore the Lakers the, the following three quarters. It just wasn't enough because they were outscored so much. So that's the only way that that can happen. So because it's only happened once this year, that ain't going to happen. The Thunder right. should be able to control this game on Friday night, much like they were able to control this game throughout. Yeah, I think they will too, just because uh, I think that the talent on Oklahoma City, it outweighs uh, Atlanta just a little bit. I'm sorry, Ryan. Don't don't hate me. But uh, I think the Thunder, they did a good showing tonight. I think they're going to carry that momentum over. And that's kind of been something that I've been saying this entire season is whether you know they're going to be able to carry momentum over. And so coming home on Friday, I think they have a great matchup against the Hawks. I suspect that Trey Young would play just because it is kind of like a home crowd for him. I think a lot of people are going to show out to see him play. Hopefully, because I think 
think that'd be a great matchup. I would love to see Trey Young go up against guys like Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, and Shea Gildas-Alexander. I think that would really put them to the test because Trey Young has been shooting so well tonight. He is really the guy who's been carrying this Hawks team, even though, what, they only have like 10 wins or something like that, maybe 11 after tonight. This was their 10th win tonight. Oh, congratulations. Breaking double digits now that we're 44 games in. Here we go. Yeah, Trey Young, he did not play because he just tweeted. (laughs) Ah, look at that. So unless he just ran to the locker room. Do we know why he didn't play? Um, Why did he not play? Is he hurt? Is he sick? I can look Burton, it up. you mind? I can I can look it up. Of course. We, we shall you. see. And so we'll see if uh, Trey Young plays that. Hey, uh, before we go ahead and dive a little bit deeper into this upcoming schedule, I want to put the cap on this game tonight and go ahead and talk about some cool things that happened. And uh, we got to hear the kitty screech and all that good stuff. So we're going to go ahead and talk some stats and then we're going to put the clamps on this game and move forward. Three, two, one, cover your ears. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. Awesome. Now that we've survived the kitty cat. Uh, my stat cat is actually going to come courtesy of a good friend of ours at the Oklahoman. And actually, Birdie pointed this out to me, so I am going to give you credit, Birdie. And uh, shout v- out to... Via Joe Masato, via Brady Trantham. Yeah, <laughs> via Joe Masato and Brady Trantham. So our good friend Joe Masato, he is on the Thunderbeat for the Oklahoman. And he just tweeted this out tonight. This is really interesting. So Nerland Noel, he now has 71 dunks in 37 games this season. Last season, he had 76 in 77 games. So Nerland Noel, I've been saying this all season. He's improving. He's involving. He is such a great player, and I love seeing this guy play and evolve into uh, the kind of player that he is becoming. So that's going to be my stat cat. It doesn't really have anything to do specifically with this game, but I want to give a shout-out to Nerlens just because I thought he played so well tonight. And even though he wasn't really any of our Thunder player of the game, he's up there. So that's my stat. Yeah, and you got to credit Nerlens for uh, improving over his time with the Thunder, of course. So he, he certainly improved from where he came from with the Dallas Mavericks, where he had a very poor reputation, whether that was fair or unfair. It's certainly in a much better place. So he's improved. You also got to give a lot of credit for, with that, with the dunk thing, to Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder. And mainly, like it seems like a lot of his dunks and alley-oops come from Dennis Schroeder, because obviously they're both bench guys, so they're going to play with a lot uh, on the floor a lot. Um, but Chris Paul's leadership and the way that he's kind of molded his, the way he wants to play basketball onto the identity of this team, it's also trickled down to Dennis Schroeder, so that makes sense as well. But my stat cap is going to be a season-high 65% shooting percentage from two-point land for Oklahoma City. And it it, it, it it makes sense, you know, like we said, a death by a thousand alley-oops, and those, are your, those play into your two-point percentage. Um, but when Dennis Schroeder is shooting like he did tonight, Shea Gilles-Alexander is efficient, Chris Paul is efficient. Um, you're going to have a very nice shooting night percentage wise from the floor and they needed it tonight, even though they can, I think they led by 15, but uh, at most in this game, they controlled throughout the entire game, but a lot of that just goes to their efficiency from the floor. And it really showed out tonight. Yeah, no, it totally did. And I really do kind of what Brady was saying. I think Chris Paul and especially Dennis Schroeder, they have done such a good job being exactly what their role is on the floor. And that is being, you know, the primary ball handler, but also the guys who set up their team. And I think they have done such a good job by giving guys like Nerland Stowell ample opportunity to uh, score, be put in positions to help this team and really uh, push them forward, especially in times of need. And so, yeah, I definitely want to give it out a uh, shout out to Nerland. So, Matt Burton, what's your stat? Um, my stat, I'm going to go... Well, first off, Trey Young had a right thigh contusion, by the way. Oh. So, maybe tricky. just that got, could, like, got a little dead leg or something uh, last game. But cramps. My stat tonight is it's kind of going to be kind of throughout this whole season and compared compared to last season. Uh, 82.6% from the free throw line tonight. This Thunder team is a great free throw shooting team. And I feel like that's been looked over uh, the past couple of years because the Thunder were not a good free throw shooting team at all. They have not been uh, for a while. But this season, I mean, there was one game when they went 19 of 20. And Muscala missed the free throw. They could have shot 100% from the free throw line. Okay, Matt. Mike Muscala missed the free throw, we, though. Must we bring that up? Must, yeah, yes, we must. Yes, no, we must. We must not. Post-game show. No! I don't want to talk about things that Muskie did that were bad. We must. But, I mean, it does get overlooked. It does get overlooked. <laughs> but whenever whenever you're consistently hitting free throws uh, at a high rate and you're shooting a lot of free throws, that's free points. It's it pretty is. simple. It's pretty simple to say. But 
The Thunder, it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. I yeah. mean, think about last year or even the year before. The Thunder lost so many games over the last two years that you go back and go, they had no reason losing those games. Yeah. But then you look at the box score and you see, oh, they they had eight um, free throws by guys that you should depend on to hit free. Th- it's not like Stephen Adams is missing all these free throws. Guys like Russell Westbrook, guys like Jeremy Grant, Paul George. When you're when you look at the box score and you've missed eight to ten to eleven free throw opportunities and you lose by three, that's incredibly frustrating. You've yeah. got Chris Paul, who they showed is shooting like 0.1% under 90% for the year. Yeah. Danilo Gallinari is shooting 90%. I mean, those guys are taking a lot of free throws and making them at a high rate. That's It sounds simple to say, and it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's a huge deal. It is free points, and that's something that th- the Thund- Oklahoma City Thunder has been lacking for the last three years. For sure. So, no, it... It's it's refreshing to see. It, and it matters. And this might be an unfair thing to just kind of blanket statement with things, but I really feel like with sports and especially basketball, you, your team goes as your best players, as your leaders go. Exactly. So when the Thunder had Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, you know, two very good free throw shooters, and Russell once upon a time used to be a very he good did, free throw yes. shooter. Well, it's probably because Kevin Durant's on that team as well because it just trickles down. Serge Ibaka, a very reliable free throw shooter. James Harden, of course, when he was here. And then everybody else that would get to the foul line, very reliable. And then it becomes the Russell Westbrook show. And once the NBA changed that rule that he couldn't go to half court anymore, it affected him so much. And that trickled down. I mean, again, and Paul George I, it, shot the worst he's ever shot from the free throw yeah, line when he was here. And right. it's, it still might be unfair to just say that as a blanket statement. But you look at this team now and Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, very, very, very high percentage free throw shooters has trickled down. Shea Gittles Alexander is probably the only guy that you can look at the, his free throw shooting and go, I, I would assume it'd be higher. But he's he's still 21 years old and only played you know, just over 140 games in his career. Like there's going to be improvement there. No question. Yeah. Especially from this game. I think it showcases how important free throw shooting can be because Chris Paul tonight, he ended with 19 points. He was only five of 12 from the floor, but he had uh, nine of 11 at the free throw line tonight. And so, yeah, I mean, they, they only won by six points tonight. And so it really does go to show that free throw shooting is very crucial. If you can make those shots, that's your time and uh, get out there and make your shots, like take your free throw shooting very seriously. So uh, yeah, kind of looking ahead, we're going to move on from that and transition into what's ahead. We've broken down this Hawks game. That's going to take place on Friday. That'll be fun guys. Here comes a back to back. They're headed to the snowy masses of Minnesota, who has been a team. I swear on my life. They have played 10 times this season but uh, they're going to go play them again. And so they're headed to Minnesota. This was one of the games I did see. If they're not going to be serious about this game, they're not going to kind of crack down on little things that have been eating at them this entire season. I could see this being a potential loss for Oklahoma City. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a divisional opponent. We all know what Andrew Wiggins can do, but um, this should really surprise nobody. But Andrew Wiggins in Minnesota versus Oklahoma City, significantly worse than Andrew Wiggins against Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City. And I'm not just saying that because like, oh, yeah, Andrew Wiggins is a thunder killer. I saw him score 40 points in in, uh, Chesapeake Energy Arena last year. No, he is significantly worse at home against the thunder. I don't know why. Because he likes Chesapeake better. Well, they're going to have him. They didn't have Carl Anthony Towns in that matchup a week and a half ago when Shea Gilles-Alexander had his 2020-10 game. Um, and that's going to make it certainly tougher, especially if, for whatever reason, Stephen Adams isn't able to go. But because he was a game-time decision tonight, you got to like his chances of coming back against Atlanta, at least getting his feet un- back under him. If that's the case, you still have to like your chances because the Thunder are just a better team than Minnesota. That being said, the Thunder have been a better team than Minnesota the last three years, and Minnesota has been kind of a thorn in their side, but... Maybe a lot of that was just because of the Russell Westbrook factor. I mean, this is a different Thunder team is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that could be a very interesting matchup. And then probably my favorite matchup out of this uh, eight game stretch that everyone's kind of putting together is going to be Dallas coming to Oklahoma City on Monday. That will be super interesting. I love what Luka Doncic is doing in the league right now. I love the way that he is able to, uh, I don't want to say carry this team, but he is really doing a good job showing out for the Mavericks right now. They did just lose Dwight Powell for the season. That's going to be a little bit of a devastating blow for Dallas. So interesting matchups coming up. Matt Burden, what do you think about this Dallas one? Um, Well, I mean, like you said, it starts and ends with Luka Doncic. I mean, the guy uh, is at at the very least going to be in the top three of MVP voting, if not win. Um, And he's another one that he's going to get compared, or Shea, rather, is going to get compared to Luka and Trey because they were in the same draft class. But Luka, this guy, what he does, he's just so cool and calm and collected Every time he's on the floor, he is just in control, and uh, it's it's really fun to watch. A lot of people might think it's a little boring at times, but I think it's fun to watch just the way that he can 
control an entire game and make the entire game go at his pace. Uh, it's 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 fun to watch. Yeah, d- losing Dwight Powell uh, is going to be Yikes. is going to be tough for them. He's a key uh, role player for them, but. No, it starts and ends with Luka Doncic when you're talking about the Mavericks. No, for sure. I'm really excited about this matchup, actually, just because I think every single time either the Thunder goes to Dallas or the Mavericks come to Oklahoma City, it's a good matchup. These teams, I think they play they play well against each other. Obviously, obviously the Thunder had that big win on New Year's Eve against the Mavericks. That was really cool. And now it's just going to be pretty much the exact same game. So we'll see if they're able to pull something like that out. Uh, and then they're going to go off to Sacramento on Wednesday. Brady, what do you see out of Buddy and De'Aaron and all these guys? What kind of threat do you think they well, can pose? Really quick, before we get to Sacramento, I did want to point out, like if you're a Thunder fan that's wanting this team to make some a little bit of noise in, in the playoffs well obviously you don't want to be in the seventh spot right and you probably don't even want to be in the sixth spot it is not out of the realm of the possibility that the thunder can get the fifth seed dallas currently holds the fifth seed so you want to gobble up as many wins not just around the league obviously but you want to gobble up a lot of wins against dallas to potentially get a tiebreaker against them so that if you're in a situation where at the end of the year you're just separated by a game a half game you have that tiebreaker mm-hmm. you have that you have that margin for error there so uh home games against dallas you got to win those sacramento um, I mean, we talked about this on the pregame, Dave Garrett and John Hamm and I, we talked about this and the Thunder don't care about that loss from two months ago. They're not going to go back into that arena and go, oh, like we, we choked this game. We don't like we're not going to let it happen again. The Kings are just a worse team. So the Thunder should be able to go on the road and dominate just like they were able to do that uh, tonight against Orlando. Um, we're, we're at the point now, guys, where when the Thunder are playing certain teams, I have the expectation that they should win. And if they don't win and we're doing post game, we're doing the OKC 82 podcast. I will then react in a way where I'm like, I'm disappointed in this. Like I expected more out of this team tonight. They didn't bring it. The, the road game um, Wednesday night against Sacramento. That's going to be one of those examples that if they lose, I will be disappointed. Yeah, no, that will be a very interesting one. And then uh, going forward a little bit of that, we'll just go ahead and wrap it up here because our time is almost up. But they are going to stay on the road to go see the Suns Friday the 31st. They're going to return back home Wednesday, February 5th to host the Cavaliers. And then they'll stay at home to uh, host Jerry's beloved Pistons. That'll be interesting. It'll be some good matchups, not really some teeth, like gritting matchups, like nothing that's going to be super nail biting. But uh, honestly, you never know in this league. Anyone can show out at any time. So, guys, thank you so much. Good show. No, thank you, Madison. Thank you, Madison. Hey. You're great. Oh, you guys are the best. So, yeah, interesting, uh, interesting night. Good night for the Thunder. They pick up their 26th win of the season. Good for them going forward. They're now 26 and 19, and they are 14 and 9 at home so we'll see if they're able to uh keep that going and advance it against the hawks on friday and so yeah that wraps it up from this show once again the thunder win it tonight down in orlando at 120 to 114 over the magic and we will have you guys covered all friday and all saturday as the thunder have a back-to-back first against the atlanta hawks and then against the minnesota timberwolves so it'll be a good weekend of thunder basketball and we will have you covered so stick with us here on 1077 the franchise 1079 in tulsa and thank you guys so much have a great night